uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, this is a, a new segment, a new series that I'm starting on uh, Kumite TV, which is called UFC Nostalgia. And uh, what this concept is, is you get uh, some of the UFC veterans to come on and talk about their careers with the promotion. And there's no better way to start this off with one of the nicest guys to ever compete in the promotion, one of the guys that fought in the middleweight division was in the top 10, the top five for a long time. And, uh, yeah, the Filipino record machine, Mark Munoz. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I really, really appreciate this. Um, how you feeling, man? I, you know, you're in California, uh, before we get into the UFC stuff, like the isolation and, 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 uh, the coronavirus, all that stuff, how's that affecting your life? Uh, man, it's actually, going well for us because um because although there's a, a worldwide pandemic um they had to shut down a lot of things and they shut down my older kids uh colleges so they have to come home so uh the silver lining for us was uh for them being home and now our house is full again um it's it's been a long time man it's been over a year and a half and we just have our younger girls in the house and and now our house is full and um eating dinners together we're exercising together we're uh laughing and joking around the dinner table and playing games i mean that's a silver lining for us man although there's lives being impacted and everything um by the uh, coronavirus for us it's um you know we get to we get to have our kids at home and they can't go anywhere. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So they're stuck <laughs> yeah. with us, you know, but, uh, but it's great for us. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we sit around the dinner table and we pray for those that are, that are infected. Cause we know some, uh, people that are infected with the coronavirus. And so we're praying for them and, you know, and, um, you know, it's just, um, it stinks that the world is being impacted this way, but, you know, we get to have our family home, which is the silver lining for us. Definitely, definitely. Well, I think it's the silver lining for most of the people around the world now is just to be together and, and be safe and keep uh, your loved ones safe, you know, as, and, and keep them at home, which is the best thing. You know, nowadays everybody's split up and, and it's good to see that, that people are coming together and, and the families are having good times you know, with just themselves, you know, just being alone and, and with each other and, and with their, with their memories and, and, uh, you know, just, just conversating. I think that's, that's been lost for a long time, but I think this has allowed them to do oh, that. Oh yeah. And that's what we've been doing, catching up and, you know, we've, you know, re reconnected, rejuvenated our relationship between, you know, father and son or father and daughter and, or even husband and wife, you know? And so, um, it's been great, man. It's been great. And, We've, um, because we're, we're, we're a family of faith. So we're, we pray together and we, we, uh, read the Bible together, do a study together. So we're, you know, we're, uh, worshiping together, we're playing music and singing. So that's what we like to do, you know, and, um, you know, it's been fun. It's been, it's been, it's been awesome. Definitely. Definitely. Well, let's start it off, man. Uh, 2009, you made your UFC debut against Matt Hamill. I think it was like less than two years after you turned pro, you were in the UFC, you were undefeated 5-0. and What was going on in your mind heading into that first trip to the Octagon? Uh, 
Well, I believe it was just about a year when I decided to fight. I got into the UFC. Um, and I mean, I, I didn't, I never thought I'd ever punch and kick people in the face for a living, man. Um, I was getting my master's in sports psychology and, and thinking about being a uh, division one wrestling coach for the rest of my life, you know? Um, so uh, when Uriah Faber came and said, hey, man, you need to learn how to fight. I'm like, nah, man, I got a, I got a wife, three kids, one on the way. I'm teaching, coaching, getting my master's. There's no way I can, I can, uh, I can fight, man. He goes, well, won't you just come and train? And so I came and trained, and uh, he allowed me to train at his gym. And and uh, one time, actually, I was training Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu, and I was training Muay Thai over at uh, Fairtex over in San Francisco with Gun Yao, Fairtex, and um, John Sanong, and all these, like, amazing uh, kickboxers um, and coaches there over at Fairtex. And then um, I would I would train at his gym as well. And so, um, and then I would do jujitsu with all those guys over there with Team Alpha Male, and, and uh, you know, and, and actually end up getting 5-0, and you know, like you said, 5-0, and and then uh, the UFC came and said, hey, we like how you actually, I was in the WEC, fought there twice, and then the, then Zufa bought out WEC, and they chose like a select few of fighters, and um, I was one of those select few fighters um, that they brought up, and then my first fight in the UFC was Matt Hamill. When I got the call to fight Matt Hamill, that was at light heavyweight, I was like, man, I can beat that guy. <laughs> He's going to try to wrestle me, you know? So, um, but that was a time where I moved from Northern California to Southern California. And, um, and so I was trying to find my way, find a gym out here. I was training at Joker's Wild Fighting Academy, um, where I was training with Mike, the Joker Diamond and a bunch of other guys, um, there. And, and, um, and, uh, I brought out, uh, King Mo, Lawal to come and train and he was helping me prepare for uh, Matt Hamill because he was a wrestler Matt Hamill's a wrestler so um he came out and was training with me and um about a week and a half 10 days before before the fight I was sparring with my last sparring my last sparring uh, session I sparred with uh, King Mo and I went to go um double leg him and he knees me in the head and knocks me out and uh I'm like Man, I can't back out of this fight. I don't think, I don't think my concussion is that bad, you know. And I can beat my animal, you know. So, uh, so I go on with the fight, you know, because it's my UFC debut, man. And I feel like I can beat my animal, you know. And in that fight, and in that fight, like I was moving my head because uh, my corner man was telling me you need to move your head, you know. Um, you need to move and and you know, as much as you can get the fight to the ground. So, um, so that's what I was doing. I was moving my head and like not fighting the way I was used to fighting, you know, moving my head and, um, and he kicked me, you know, um, I went right into his, right into his right kick and, uh, he knocks me out, you know? So, um, it, it, uh, it put me into a tailspin a little bit, you know, cause I was like, man, that was my big chance, you know, to fight 
you know, Matt Hamill and, and to do really well in the UFC. But the UFC says, uh, you know, we, we really like you and, you know, we want you to, um, you know, we'll, we'll give you, because I was on a four or five contract and they said, uh, you know, we, um, we want you to stay, we want you to um, drop down. I was like, yeah, I'll drop down, you know, I'll drop down to 185 and, and, um, you know, really it was my own decision because I was talking about it with them. I, I and I said, uh, cause Matt Hamill was like six, three and he had like 78 inch reach, you know, but I'm only six foot, <laughs> you know, I'm six, six foot, six one, you know, I'm, 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 I'm straight up like uh T-Rex, you know, my, 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 uh, my reach is like a, like a bantamweight reach. You know, I'm like a 60, a 67, 66 inch reach, you know? So, um, to, you know, to go against those guys who put me at a disadvantage. So I was like, you know what, I'll drop down to 185 and see how I do. And, and I rattled off like five wins in a row <laughs> at, uh, at middleweight. Um, and, uh, you know, from from then on, I was you know I fought. Who did I fight after Mayhem? I fought. Um, oh yeah, I brought I, I fought Nick Catone in uh, Oregon, and after that I fought uh, Ryan Jensen in Vegas, over at the MGM. Um, that's another story, man, because uh, brought my family out to Legoland, and at Legoland they had the big MGM Grand Casino in Legos. And I told my wife, I said, you know, what? I'm gonna fight there one day, you know. So let's take a picture. And so we took a picture in front of the MGM Lego set, whatever. And uh, lo and behold, like six months later, I was fighting in the MGM Grand Casino. Um, yeah, which was pretty crazy. Um, but then after, uh, then after. Um, uh, after Ryan Jensen, who did I fight after Ryan Jensen? I'm trying to think. Uh, Kendall oh, Grove. Oh, yeah, Kendall Grove. Damn, look at you. I fought Kendall Grove in, in Abu Dhabi. And, um, you know, I was on the main card, you know, and, and I was like, oh, sweet. So I fought Kendall Grove and um, ended up getting a TKO on him and got a bonus, you know, for, for that fight. So I was like, I was on cloud nine, you know, and then... Uh, and then I was supposed to fight, um, uh, no, was it, I fought uh, Chris Weidman after that fight, right? Are you, is that right? No, you had a couple of fights before Weidman. You had, uh, Okami, oh, yeah. Simpson. Okay, Okami, Okami. So then I have to fight Okami. So that's why I got it twisted. So I was like, Ooh, Okami, you know, this, this guy, and, and he trained with uh, Chael. So I was like, Chael. You know, you got to give me some tips about Okami. He goes, oh, I can't, man. He's my training partner. I'm like, oh, man, dang. So anyways, uh, um, I'm like, you know what? I can find Okami, and then I'll, that will put me in the, uh, in the in the title mix, you know? And then, uh, uh, man, he didn't fight me the way I thought he was going to fight me. He was just staying away from me, you know? And uh, he knew that he knew I had a short reach, and so he was just jabbing, jabbing, jabbing. Um, anyways... He stayed away from me the whole fight and ended up winning it on a split decision. I was like, golly. So then I had to build my way back up, you know, and then I fought Aaron Simpson and I fought, you know, um, 
you know, so it's all blur to me, but uh, you probably know more than I do, more than I do. But then um, I fight, you know, three more times, I think. And then I end up getting a fight against Chris Weidman, you know. Um, and then uh, I was like, you know, what? I could beat this guy. <laughs> I could beat Chris Weidman. And um, it was actually, it was actually a short notice fight because, um, the, I was in the title picture again. I had to build my way back up, and I was in the title picture again. And and Chris Myron was on his way to his way up too. And and um and I was actually a little big. I was two. I believe I was two thirty five, almost two forty. You know, and I had to I had to drop down to one eighty five. And because uh, I'm I'm a bigger dude, and a lot of people don't know that, but I was I was um you know I fought heavyweight twice. And, um, you know, I didn't fight for like six months. And then, uh, they said, Hey, you want to fight, um, Chris Weidman? I, I go, yeah. You know, and that'll put me in the title mix, um, as a contender. I was like, man, I want that fight. So, um, I had to take it in uh, three months notice, um, and lose about, you know, 50 pounds, you know? So, um, it was uh it was it was tough really really tough and um in that fight in that fight i was training i opened up my gym long i opened my gym two years ago before that and and uh i was training with uh, a bunch of guys in my gym i was training with um you know fabricio verdum i was training with uh babalu was training with uh jake ellenberger uh jason mayhem miller was in the gym as well um jay silva um man you 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 i mean you, i was training with a bunch of guys right and um and i felt i was i was ready for that fight you know and then uh you know i noticed in one of my training sessions that that my foot started to get i had to tape up my foot because um it was hurting um towards like my pinky toe so I taped on my foot and I wore shoes just to, just to spar and just to train because my foot was a little hurting. It was hurting me a little bit. And then um, I go into the fight a week before. I'm, I'm 20 over a week before. And I, I, I almost not make weight for that fight um, because I was three pounds over the day of, but I ended up losing 12 pounds that week. And, um, and my foot was still bothering me. So I was like, it was hard for me to, to run. Usually I do road work. Um, so I, you know, since my foot was bothering me, I was riding a bike or rolling, doing jujitsu and stuff. And, and I couldn't really run. Um, so, so I had to do a, a bit different. And then, um, that day before weigh-ins, I was in the sauna just trying to lose the weight. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's the worst weight cut ever, right? Going to the fight, obviously everyone knows, um, you know, the second round I come out, I fake a double leg and I try to come with an overhand right. And he clips me with an elbow and gets me right here in my, in my forehead and knocks me out. And, uh, and that fight, you know, I was like, gosh, man, that was, that was my chance, you know, and so, 
they they do a uh, screening like a health screening afterwards and uh, i told them i said uh, they're like hey what's what's going on with you i said you know obviously i'm you know i'm bummed i'm depressed right now because i got knocked out but uh they said well you got to take you got to have a 60 day 60 days of suspension um and then uh i said hey my foot's hurt and then they uh, said okay you need to get some x-rays so i'm getting some x-rays and i actually had a broken foot i had a broken fifth metatarsal which is your kind of like your pinky toe that's like on the bottom of your pinky on your on your foot um so i had a had a fractured fifth metatarsal and i went into that fight <laughs> you know so um when i went for that overhand ride it was like right like almost to his head and he caught me with that elbow you know but usually i push off my back foot and that was the foot that was actually broken so um anyways that that fight took me to a tailspin because they said that i wouldn't be able to fight you know six months to a year um because they i had to get an x-ray and stuff um and then the doctor told me that yes my fifth metatarsal was broken i had to get casted and all that stuff and and he told me yeah you wouldn't be able to fight for a good six months to a year well i end up i had i had my gym rain training center where you know a bunch of guys in the ufc and um and one fc and a bunch of other organizations were fighting under under my uh, banner you know rain training center and um my fighting was actually subsidizing the gym and and so i i have a wife and kids and i'm like man i have to support myself man like i like if i don't fight i won't be able to keep the gym doors open you know um so so that was going on and i was just like man this is this is stupid and and um you know it i don't i'm not a guy that parties or you know, the way I dealt with stress was, was eating. <laughs> I like to eat, you know, and, um, and so that's what I did. I couldn't, I couldn't train and I was like fat bastard, you know, I ate cause I was sad and I was sad cause I ate, you know, so it was like an endless cycle and, um, end up blowing up to 265 pounds. And, um, it's actually documented my trainer, Todd Norman, over at, over at cutting edge sports training, he he um, he said, you know what, we're gonna document this journey. And so he took a picture of before and after pictures of me. <laughs> it's actually on the internet. I mean, if you wanna if you wanna look at it, and he tagged this hashtag obese to beast um, hashtag obese to beast, and uh, and actually. I actually did and that after that fight I ended up fighting Tim Boach and um made weight. I lost I lost six I lost, you know, eighty eighty some odd pounds and uh fought Tim Boach and was um was in the best shape of my life, you know. So I went through a bit of, of like a funk or a depression, you know, what have you, but you know, I know that there's different levels of depression, but I, I was I was in a pretty low um, time in my life there. And uh, I remember thinking, I'm like, man, 
you know, they offered me Tim Boach. I was like, gosh, man, he beat, he beat Okami. I lost to Okami. And I'm thinking, dude, you know, this guy's going to be tough, you know. But I'm like, man, I could beat this guy, you know. In my mind, I could beat this guy. And so I had six months to lose 80 pounds. And, and that's what I did. You know, I, I, I lost about 78 pounds um, to make 185 and, uh, and was in the best shape of my life. So, um, yeah. And then, and then, uh, after that fight, um, I ended up fighting, uh, who did I fight after Boach? Um, who did I fight after Boach? You fought, uh, Machida. Oh yeah. Oh, but, but before we get into the Machida, I want to go back and kind of ask you some questions from the previous fights, okay? Because you're going into a flow right there, but I, I just want to cut you off right here because I want to go back to a few things. Now, first thing is, when you fought Kendall Grove in Abu Dhabi, um, you won a bonus. And that's when bonuses were 75K. And I think they just started to give out the bonuses around that time if i if i remember correctly how big of a deal was getting that 75k because for most fighters even now when they get the bonus it's a big deal but back then what do you think was it a game changer for you huge well just to preface that question um i believe uh matt hughes was on that card too was matt hughes on that card you know anyways uh I don't know, but it was Anderson Silva and Damian Maya, Maya, right? But somebody was like arguing and saying, because um, Dana goes, um, and for those that for those that have fight in the night, knockout of the night, and um, submission of the night, we're gonna give fifty thousand bonus. And then somebody was like, somebody came out of the uh, crowd and goes, not crowd, but our group of fighters that are on the card. He goes, man, we're in the, we're in the richest country in the world. And now we're going to give us 50 grand. He goes, all right, man, we're going to give you 75. You know, I was like, sweet. <laughs> you know, like, sweet. That's awesome. You know, so it was a big deal, man. Cause at the time, dude, I, I was hurting financially, you know, I was had my gym and, you know, um, living in Southern California is not cheap. And, uh, you know, I, I needed some money, man. So, um, I was fighting, I was fighting to one support rain training center and two support my family. But at the same time, you know, I was ever watched that movie Cinderella, man. I mean, oh, yeah, man, I was, I was like Cinderella, man, dude. I was like, you know, scraping by, you know, to, to make ends meet. And I was, I was on the main card in the UFC, you know, it was just like, dang, I, I mean, I'm like, man, why am I struggling so much, you know? And then, um, you know, so anyways, I'm like, I would do anything to, to just, um, you know, for my dream, I would, I would do anything. And, and it was my dream to fight in the UFC, you know? So, uh, so yeah, I fought that fight and, and to get that bonus was like, oh, thank goodness, you know, thank goodness I got that bonus, you know? And um, it helped me out a lot, big time. At that time, with your gym, it was one of the probably top gyms in the world because you had so many guys there, and 
and and you were the coach also fighting at the same time at the highest level. Do you feel like that kind of was, you know, you talked about it previously, but was that a big burden, you know, having the highest level guys and then you're also a high level guy and then you have to coach them on top of that? Yeah, so a lot of them came for me. A lot of them came to train with me and for me to teach them and and um you know, there was there was a you know, it it was it was tough because a lot of them wanted me to corner them for a lot of their fights. And so that's that's what I did. I was uh, cornering all the fighters in my gym. I was um, uh, coaching my club, my wrestling club, um, where you know pretty much every weekend from from November until April, we're 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 uh, wrestling every weekend, and I'm coaching those those little guys, you know, and um, uh, and I was running Rain Training Center, doing like the 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 developing of, of the coaches there and, and um, the scheduling and salaries and all that stuff. It was, it was a huge burden. Like you said, it was a huge burden, but at the time I was like, you know what, this is my life. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do it the best way I can. And, um, you know, let the chips fall where they may. And, and um, you know, now I'm, I'm, you know, with the wisdom that I've gathered from, from this, that time in my life, I'm thinking, man, it would have been a lot better if, <laughs> if I just fought and not had a gym or, or have a general manager that would run everything. And I would just be, um, the face and, and help out every now and then. But, but yeah, it, it was very tough. It was very, very tough. And, and, um, wish I had, you know, fighting is, you know, you have to focus on yourself sometimes, you know? Um, a lot of the time, you know, because you're the only one inside the octagon that, um, that where, you know, your success, your success largely in part is because of your performance inside the octagon, you know? So, so I wasn't, I, I needed to be more selfish. I needed to be more focused on myself and not others. And, and that was my downfall. Uh, if you ask every one of my training partners, that's uh that's what they would tell you is that i would i would give 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 so much and it would be the detriment to my career um so so now when i coach i have all this wisdom you know so now i'm like i'm coaching like tj dillashaw cub swanson and you know a bunch of bellator and and other fighters and um you know up and comers man i got some really tough guys that are coming up through the training lab and um and I'm pretty pumped, but all the knowledge and the wisdom I've gathered, you know, I'm pumping it into them, you know, and, um, you know, it's, it's awesome to be able to give back to them because I was a coach before I even fought, you know, I was coaching and I was getting my master's in sports psychology, which is basically a master's in coaching, you know? And so, um, I love coaching those guys. I love, um, you know, being able to, be a part in, in, in their upbringing in the sport and, and for them to love the sport. So, um, but yeah, man, it was a huge burden. Just to answer your question, it was a huge burden. And, um, you know, I, I wanted that shiny belt around my waist, man. I'm not going to lie. I wanted it bad, but, um, but, uh, I, 
I put a lot of others first. But now that I look back at it, man, I don't regret it um, because I've created lifelong friendships and relationships with with the guys and and their families, you know. Um, and uh, I can fall back upon them if I need help with like like uh, moving stuff or doing whatever, you know. They they'll they'll drop whatever they're doing and help me, you know. Um, it's it's pretty awesome to have that time of uh, friendships um, that would that would go to huge lengths to to do things for me, you know. So um, so yeah, just to answer your question, man. That was it was tough. It was a tough time for me. After the, the Okami fight, you made your second run towards the title. You fought two names that come to mind. Big names. Damian Maya <laughs> and Chris yeah. Lieben. The Damian Maya fight, you know what I mean? At that time, Damian Maya was climbing his way up. You know, he was going to fight for the title, all that stuff. And, and you went in there and you dominated him. Uh, what, what do you remember most about that fight? I remember everyone telling me, don't take him down, man. Don't take him down. I'm like... Shoot, I'm gonna take him down. I was training with uh, Fabricio. I was trying to have Kings MMA with uh, uh, Master Rafael Cordero and and everybody there. So here, this is an interesting thing. So, um, like Brazilians are like connected, you know, and uh, and Fabricio Verdum used to train with Damian Maia, and he was telling me, oh, he likes to do this, likes to do that. And Fabricio Doom is like a total like friend to me. He's 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 kind of like a bigger brother to me, you know. And so um, as we were training, and you know, we got the utmost respect for each other. So he was helping me, and and um, you know, he uh, was teaching me how to like when when I'm in the guard, you know, um, you know, posture like, and he was trying to throw throw the kitchen sink at me as I was going with him. And so I felt like I was very prepared um, to go against Damian Maia on the ground, you know? So I was like, you know what? I'm going to take him down, you know? So in the fight, I was, um, you know, I was, you know, just just to set up my shots, I was like, you know what? I got to set it up with strikes first. But, man, he caught me in the back of the head a little bit and kind of, like, dazed me a little bit. I was like, oh, shoot. You know, and then um, I didn't think he ends up shooting and then I'm like, oh, sweet. So I sprawl on them. And we end up, that fight was a 15-minute was a scramble. I mean, we were scrambling like crazy. But then I was getting the best in the scramble, <laughs> which was uh, pretty sweet. You know, so because he wanted me to be on the ground and I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't having it. You know, so um, I was dominating him in the wrestling department. And um, even, even when I was on top doing jujitsu, I was, I was still hitting my ground and pound on him. And, um, man, I think if I had like another round, I think I would have finished him. But, but I ended up getting him, uh, a unanimous decision in that fight. And, um, yeah, it was, it was an amazing fight. It was awesome. I loved that fight. And, uh, and, um, it was, uh, it was actually, cause Damien was, he was on his, I mean, he beat Chael Sonnen. He beat Chael Sonnen there, and uh, I think he actually threw Chael Sonnen in, like, a double over, and then after he threw him, he ended up getting, like, a triangle real quick, you know, like, oh, remember yeah, that? Right. And right. I was like, dang, yeah. you know, I'm like, 
maybe I shouldn't tie up with him, just grab, grab his legs, you know? So <laughs> I remember that. And, um, and that's what I did. I was just, you know, taking him down and, you know, transitioning between my high crotch and singles and my doubles. So um, it was a great fight, man. I love that fight. And then Chris Levin, Chris Levin, um, actually, uh, we, we had like respect for each other, right? And then we ended up fighting each other. Then all of a sudden, you know, because in the back before we ended up fighting each other, we were all cordial. What's up, man? How you doing? This and that. And all of a sudden, like, we start, we end up, you know, signing to fight each other. And now he's like this freaking, man, he was a jerk. You know, I was like, dude, what, what the heck is wrong with you, man? You know, so, and so all of a sudden I was like, you know what? I'm going to whoop his, I'm going I'm to whoop him, you know? And so, and I'm like, I'm, I don't want to finish him. I just want to drown him and just like make him quit, you know? So, and that's. And that's basically how it was, you know. And um, I knew that I had the, uh, I knew I had the, uh, the quickness advantage, the the speed advantage, um, because he was a little bit slower. But, but I knew the he had he had rocks for hands, man. I knew, I knew if I got punched by him that I'd feel it, you know. So, but I knew if I got him on the ground that I would, I would like, play the donkey congas on him, you know what I'm saying? So. Um, you know, I was, I wanted to hit my Donkey Kong ground and pound on him. So, um, that's what I did. You know, I shot in on him and, and, um, you know, the first round I, I hit some big shots on him, man. I remember, I remember, uh, I remember taking him down against the cage, you know, taking his legs out from underneath him and I'm standing over the top of him, holding his head and I uppercut him straight in the face, like the hardest I could right in the chin and then i was like oh dude he's gonna be knocked out with this one dude he gets up and starts plotting forward dude like a zombie i was like dude this dude this dude can't get knocked out man this dude is tough you know so i'm like so he's plotting forward i'm like okay i'm gonna take him down again so i take him down and then um i think i split his head on on the ground upon overhand right on the ground or something but um yeah, I remember taking him down. I was like, dude, like, I don't want to, I don't want to trade with this guy because he's got a freaking chin on him, you know? So I was like, okay, I'm going to take him down and just ground on him. So that's what I did. And, and I, I, I think he ended, he ended up getting a little tired, you know, and, um, he, he ended up quitting on the stool. He didn't want to come out. You know, I was like, I was like, he, he just straight did a no moss to me, man. I was like, yeah, bro, like, what's up? You know, so um, got pumped up. I got pumped up for that one, you know. And then, uh, yeah, it was, it was. That was the first time he ever got, he ever got stopped. I think, or or something, you know. Um, yeah, it was, it was. That was an exciting fight for sure. What What was he saying to you? Why was? What did he? What What made him such a jerk to you? Because, like you said, you guys, like you're, you're not a guy to do that. And during the weigh-ins, you guys got in your, each other's faces. He was like, he's like, you think you're gonna beat me? And he, he was like, like dropping like mfs, you know. Like, I was like, what, what are you doing? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna knock you out, bro. Like, seriously, you can't disrespect me like that, you know. So I was like, I'm a nice guy, but man. If you start disrespecting me, dude, like, you, you shouldn't do that, man, you know, because 
I'm a I'm a freaking rain rain just the just bad intentions on you, you know. So that's what I did, man. Um, and it just fueled the fueled the fire in me, you know. Um, was that the most satisfying fight because of all that build up? Um, yeah, man. At the time, it was. You know, at the time, it was like, yeah, you know, that it felt great. You know, it felt really good because I was the first one to stop him, you know, um, and he decided not to come out. I think man, if he would have came out, dude, I would have like I would have done some bad stuff to him, you know, but yeah, his eye was terrible. Like his eye was really yeah, messed up. Yeah. But the, the, the they said he could continue. Um, and he I think it, I think in that fight, he was like. He goes, I can't see, I can't see. And he said, if you, if you can't see, then we're going to call the fight. And he's like, um, I can see, you know? <laughs> so then I was like, all right. So, and I didn't know. I mean, I was I was in the off in the other corner. But after I watched it, I was like, oh, man. He didn't want anymore after that, you know? And so, um, so yeah, after that, I kind of had my way with him, you know, because um, yeah, he, was pretty, he was pretty battered you know, going with me. So yeah, man, that was, that was an exciting fight for sure. Well, after that, you know, you went into the Chris Weidman fight. You were talking about the tough weight cuts, man. How much does that really take out of a fighter? Like now you've been retired for many years, but do you feel like some of those weight cuts that you had, especially the one in, up to the Chris Weidman fight, it had some long lasting effects. Do you think? Yeah, man, I think, it, I think it does because, um, there was times after I made weight where I was like, Hey man, can you massage my back? And they're like lower back. I said, no, no, no. It's like kind of like lower, but it's like upper a little bit inside. And it was my kidneys, dude. Like my kidneys were like, were like straining, you know, whatever, you know, but they were hurting, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, there was, you know, after, I think after the, after the Weidman fight, yeah, after the Weidman fight, um, after I hydrated myself, um, and I was just sipping on a gallon and I was, I drank like three gallons, like right after weighing and that's 24 pounds, you know, I didn't use the bathroom for three days, you know, and my kidneys were like, Whoa, too much fluid here. What's going on? You know? So it was, um, my my body would pull up in like blood, so I like I had cankles, you know I had cankles. My elbows were swollen, my wrists, like all my joints were swollen with fluid, you know. And if I pressed on my my skin, it would leave leave like a half inch indention in my skin because of all the fluid, you know. So um, so yeah, you know to answer your question, I think. I mean, I haven't seen the doctor really. I mean, it's been five years since I since I retired. Um, I haven't. I mean, I got a blood test and stuff, and they said I got low testosterone, you know. But um, but I'm I'm big again right now, you know. I'm big again, but you know, I gotta I gotta make sure I take care of myself too. I gotta go into the doctor, man. <laughs> I gotta get stuff <laughs> stuff done because, you know there's probably some long-term effects from me cutting so much weight, you know, so much, um, because I would yo-yo and now I'm not talking about like five pounds, you know, up and down. I'm talking about 
50, 60 pounds up and down, you know? Because um, after I would after I would weigh in, I'd weigh good like two two fifteen to twenty inside the octagon, you know? I mean, I would be huge, you know? I'd gain like 30, 35 pounds, you know, after weigh-ins. I mean, it's crazy. And then now, in the recent rules now, you can't do that anymore, you know? You can only be 10% of, of you can only have a 10% gain, you know? So um, with those rules, I wouldn't have fought at, you know, at one to five. You know, I'd probably be a heavyweight, you know? Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean... Yeah, to answer your question, there's there's probably something there. I mean, I have, I know I have low testosterone right now, um, so I got to get checked out, you know. But I've been exercising, I've been, I've been training. I'm gonna go in and see uh, my doctor. He's been trying to get me to come in, but I kind of don't want to know what what's going on with me, and just kind of do it naturally and and do and train with some of the guys. And you know, when this band is lifted, you know, the shelter in place and stuff. When it's lifted, then you know I'll be able to go back in the gym and train a little bit more and and lift and and all that stuff and and um, I've been doing CrossFit with my wife, so um, so yeah, I've been doing that stuff and it's been good. It's been good, but um, I need to go in and get checked out. Well, after the Weidman fight, you took a year off. You know, you were recovering from the injury. You you know, you had probably one of the most impressive body transformations ever in the UFC, in the history of the UFC, you come back and you perform so good against Tim Bosch, you get a good win. Was that probably the highest of the highs you can probably get other than, you know, rather than, other than winning the title, man, just going through all of what you went through that, that year. Yeah, man, it was, it was big. Um, you know, going that transformation from where I was to, 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 going into that fight, I felt, I felt great. You know, I felt, uh, felt really good and, and, um, felt like I could have conquered the world there, you know, when I've, when I fought, when I fought, uh, Tim Boach. So, um, and, uh, there's a sense of, uh, of accomplishment when you do something like that, you know, and, and, uh, and for me, like, you know, I was, I was at a low, 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 low in my life. And, and at that time it was, it was, it was kind of like incomprehensible to me to think that I could actually rise above this, you know? Um, and, uh, that's, but, you know, slowly, but surely, and thank goodness I had people in my life that were actually able to help me dig myself out of that hole. Um, and that's, what's important, you know, and, and whoever's listening to this, if, if you're going through some type of depression or or um, uh, or whatever, some type of adversity, man, I'm I'm here to tell you that there's hope. That that surround yourself around people that are encouraging and that that will lift you up and and um, you know dig you help you dig yourself out of that hole because you, first you got to change change your mentality, change your mind because if you change the way you think, you change the way you you act. And your behaviors and um you know you need to be able to do that first you know before anything else you know and so um so yeah after that i was thinking man you know it was a, it was a big accomplishment for me you know 
um, to be able to do that for sure. After that fight, you know, you're set to fight uh, Michael Bisping and, and he pulled out because of his eye. Lyoto Machida stepped in. You know, the narrative going into that fight, you guys were training partners, you guys were friends. Did that play with your head a bit entering the fight and, and, and in the fight going against Machida? It was, uh, it was, it, it, yeah, man, it was, it was tough for me <laughs> because we, we had, you know, we're training at Kings together. Um, we trained at the Gracie Academy together with Hiron and Henry Gracie. And, um, and I was supposed to fight Michael Bisping and I was like, you know, I was, feeling really good for that fight you know um and then and then Lyoto Lyoto um he can't speak that good English so he had Hiron called me and Hiron called me and said hey uh they called Lyoto and they want they they said that Michael Bisme pulled out and they want they want you to fight him they want him to fight you and I'm like what that's crazy. It's like it's like uh, two weeks uh, or like a week and a half notice, I think. And I'm like, whoa, dude, that sucks, man. And and um, did Leo say no? <laughs> you know? And he goes, well, that's that's what's that's what's wrong because he he can't say no because he denied a fight a fight before this and he's on he's on a four fight contract and has one more left and so. He, he can't deny this fight, you know? And I go, okay, well, if they call me, I'll just deny the fight, you know? And so um, that's that's what happened. And, and they called me up and then uh, they, had, they had said, um, uh, in, and I go, um, I, I think I can't, I, and I denied the fight, right? And they said, well, if you deny this fight, then you won't be able to fight for, you won't be able to fight for six months to a year. And, um, you know, and I'm like, what? That's crazy, you know? And and at that time, like I said, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to support my, my family and my gym. And I really needed that income, you know? And, um, and so I was like, oh man, that sucks, dude. That, so I need to fight. And I told, I told Leoto that and he goes, he goes, yeah, I'm in the same boat. You know, I was like, ah, oh, dang. So, anyways, that happened, right? And then, uh, since we trained at the same gyms, um, the Gracie brothers end up splitting up, end up, you know, one ends up going in his corner, and then the other one goes in my corner. So, Hiron goes in my, Henner goes in his corner, right? Which they know so much about me, and I know. And I know the grappling part because for, for me, like I was, I had the distinct advantage in the grappling department with him, you know, and I felt really good if I got him on the ground. Right. So, so, uh, um, and then our striking coach, Master Hill Cordero, um, ends up coming up to me and says, Hey, Mark, um, I'm going to go in Leoto's corner for this fight. And and I've been with Master Rafael for 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 four years, 
And Lioto just started training with him, I think, that year. And I'm like, Master, like, how are you going to be in his corner? You know, like, I'm, you know, I've been with you the longest. You know, if, if two guys were fighting, then, you know, you shouldn't be in anybody's corner, you know? So, and Master Alfio knows everything about me, you know, in the striking department. So I was like, oh, man. So that threw me for a loop, you know? So, so yeah, going into that fight, it was, uh, it was tough mentally for me. Um, and uh, we were still friends. And we said, you know what, after the fight, you know, well, <laughs> you know, the winner has to take the, the loser out to, to dinner, you know. And um, he ended up kicking me. I ended up blocking it, but he and his foot ends up wrapping to the back of my head and ends up kind of, you know, disrupting my, my equilibrium. And I fall down. I saw him coming, but then he ends up stopping, and the referee jumps in and stops the fight. And I was like, ah, oh, dang it. You know, so anyways, you know, um, yeah, that fight. Yeah, that fight, man. I wish I could get that fight back, <laughs> but nah, I, I wish I would have fought Michael Bisping, but then Michael Bisping ends up training with me, you know, um, uh, which is crazy. And he's a good friend of mine. And Lyoto till this day is a good friend of mine too. So, um, but yeah, just fighting your friends is tough. You know, it, it's really tough. Um, and to answer your question, yeah, that it, it, it threw a, threw me for a loop and you know got to me mentally for sure after that you know you had a couple fights you f you were fighting the top guys in the world you know didn't get the performances you probably wanted to get out of those fights what when did you feel like okay now it's time for me to maybe just stop fighting and and maybe take this one last fight that you actually took in in the philippines which is which is uh awesome yeah. so um so I've been, I mean, I've been in the UFC for, I mean, 2000, 2009 to 2015 for so like six years. And in those six years, you know, my wife and four kids were growing up and I was traveling. And at that time I was doing military tours. I was cornering guys every weekend. I was doing wrestling tournaments. So I was I was at home and I owned my gym and, and I would go to the gym at eight and not come home sometimes till 10 o'clock at night. So, so I was like, even though I was providing for my family, I wasn't there for my family. You know, my wife and I would argue about, you know, certain things because I wasn't there. And my, my oldest daughter was sneaking out of the house and, you know, being disobedient. And, and then this was the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, my son played soccer and baseball for the majority of his life. <clears throat> and he makes, in baseball, he made a Cooperstown, New York team, um, like an all-star team. And he goes and they play there and they make the semifinals and they did amazing there. And um, then he, then he, he plays on, on a soccer club called the Strikers and they make it to the National Cup and they do really well there. And um, I think they were like, you know, in the semifinals or whatever. And then, um, and then we go to a wrestling tournament and uh, a big national wrestling tournament called the Freak Show in Vegas. It was around, around uh, 
um, Halloween time. And uh, he uh, ends up wrestling there against kids that that wrestle year round and five days a week. Well, my son was only wrestling two days a month and um, went there and wrestled these kids. And he went 0-2, didn't win a single match. And he was mad at me. And I go, buddy, why are you mad at me? He goes, Dad, you never taught me this stuff. And I'm like, well, you never, you're, you're barely in the, you're barely at practice. How can I teach all this stuff? You know, you barely at practice. These guys practice five days a week. Don't get mad at me, buddy. So then after about a week, he comes back up to me and goes, Dad, um, I want to quit soccer and baseball and I want to wrestle. And I go, What? Why? Why? You're so good at soccer and baseball. Why do you want to wrestle, man? He goes, um, because I love wrestling and I want to be able to, I want to be able to um, wrestle in college. I go, whoa, okay. I said, well, what are your goals? And he goes, I want to get a full ride scholarship to Division One University. I go, and he's 13 years old. So, but as, I mean, when I was coaching. He was at Oklahoma State. He was born in Oklahoma, so he was around um, the wrestling program there. I was I coached at UC Davis where I met Uriah Faber, who got me into fighting. Um, he was around those guys, and then I moved down to Southern California. And I coached at Cal State Fullerton, and I coached those guys, and that's where I got TJ to come out to fight. You know, TJ Dillashaw. So, so he's around these guys, and he's like in his mind, he's already thinking, I want a Division One scholarship. And then I had to tell him, I said, well, well, listen, there's tens of thousands of kids in the United States of America that want a scholarship. And there's only a, there's like 70 schools that only offer scholarships. And there's a very small percentage of those that get full ride scholarships. So what makes you think out of these tens of thousands of kids that you're going to get a full ride scholarship, right? And without batting his eyes, he looks at then he looks, he looks, he looks dead in my face. He goes, well, I got you, Dad. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And that hit me like, and I was like, <laughs> like, tears started streaming down my face. I was like, because I had tremendous guilt already for not being home you know, that much, you know, and I love my family. And uh, when he said that, oh, dude, the waterworks started, <laughs> the sprinklers came on. I was like, oh, dude, I was, you know, that type of crying where, where you can't even really breathe. You know, like, you know, that kind of brain. I was like, dude, my son wants me. And then, and then I just had these flash of like images go through my mind. And, you know, the arguments I was having with my wife and, you know, my daughter um, sneaking out of the house. And I'm like, you know, my son wants me to come. My son wants me to coach him. And, you know, that right there was just a realization of like, you know what? I'm done. I got to be done. You know, because because my family wants me, you know, and and uh, you know, and then you know, a week later, I started announcing my retirement, and and then I fight that fight, and boom, you know, that's that's how it ended. But you know, um, you know, now fast fast forward, my son gets his scholarship. He's at Arizona State. My daughter now is she's studying to be a missionary in Hawaii for this organization called YWAM, Youth with a Mission. And my wife and I own three businesses 
and we're doing pretty good, you know? So it's like, man, looking back at it, I was like, man, you know? Um, you know, but I'm thankful. I'm thankful for all the experiences I've had in my life and I'm thankful for my loving family and and for me making the right decisions to be able to to um to be there for my family and to be there for those that I love and and to make the right decisions, you know. Um and uh yeah, it was tough. Don't get me wrong. It was tough, but uh but yeah, that was the straw that broke the straw that broke the camel's back, and I was like, you know what, I gotta I gotta retire. And um, yeah, that was five years ago. Yeah, it's crazy. It was a great ending to the career, man. It's just go back to the Philippines, get a get a big win in front of that crowd, and and then be able to go out on your own terms and and you know and and do what you love still man like you said you just mentioned everything that's going on in your life right now man it's like everything happened for a reason and, and here you are you're doing your thing with uh with everything going right it's it's great to see man and also it's crazy is that you started your career with you out of favor and then you ended your career with you out of favor on the same car i know it's awesome you're right man you're right he's a he's a brother from another mother man i love that guy and i love him do anything for him he is one of those guys that um, just impacts people, and he made a big impact in my life. And, you know, um, I still can call him up till this day, like, hey, man, what you doing, man? And every time he's around in this area, come and, you know, he'll come and say what's up and hang out with the fam. And so I love that guy. Yeah, your eyes, my, my guy. All right, Mark, thank you so much, man, for coming on. And uh, good luck on everything and anything that you're doing. Uh, man, it seems like your life is going perfect, <laughs> man. So it's good I to see that. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, there's, you know, there's stuff that goes on. But, you know, you got to you gotta roll with the punches, you know. Yeah. Learn how to roll with the punches and, and go along with it and make, make things better, man. But, uh, but if you don't have the bad, you won't know what's truly good, you know. So you got you to gotta know that stuff, too. So, but, uh, but thank you. Thank you for having me on the show, man. And I, and it's an honor to be your first episode. And, you know, I wish you luck here in the future and all the best, man.